The mitzvah to dwell in the sukkah means to pretty much treat the sukkah like your living room, dining room, and or bedroom, not the kitchen. And therefore it's brought down the halakha that if there are disgusting things mm-hmm. in the sukkah, it might actually invalidate the sukkah. Keeping a garbage can in the sukkah is not something that you'd keep in your living room or dining room. Um, and kalim that are dirty, pots and pans, these are things that you don't usually bring out to the living room or dining room. They stay in the kitchen. They may not be brought into the sukkah. Pots and pans that are brought into the sukkah should be removed and because they're awry, it won't invalidate the sukkah while they're there. But when you have something permanently in the sukkah that makes it treated not like a living room and dining room, it might actually render the sukkah not a sukkah. Because the mitzvah is to live in the sukkah, as we mentioned yesterday that there are cases of lavud, good asik, all these magical walls, which we said, we're not supposed to rely on l'chatchila. Um, there's a second reason not to rely on that, and that is the sukkah is supposed to be a living environment, someplace that you consider your apartment. For seven days, and when you're relying on relying on invisible walls, <coughs> um, how comfortable do you feel living in that place? Do you feel like you're actually dwelling in a room? So that's just another question to throw out in terms of when you're relying on all these different interesting, magically, halachically permitted walls, but still, it's not really a living environment. Now, there's an interesting halakha with regards to using the sukkah that has decorations. There's a halakha that you can't be under two roofs. And therefore, certain decorations that cover a span, a width of four tvachim, which is, again, about 12, 14 inches, something like that. When you deal with a wide decoration, that wide decoration itself is considered roofing. It's considered sheltering and covering you. And if that wide decoration is very high, um, to connect it to the schach, uh, hanging very, very high up to the schach within Fort Vachim of the schach itself, we consider that decoration bottle to the schach, and it's not a separate roof. However, if it's hanging low, like some people have nice decorative lighting, um, if it's hanging low, then you have a problem. If you have a wide decoration that's hanging low, um, Fort Vachim from the schach, it's considered its own separate roof, and you may not eat under that decoration. What happens if it's hanging high up, but extends low down? So the top of it is within three tvachim or four tvachim of the roof of your schach, but it hangs very low. Beside for being wide, it's also quite a tall structure. Then <laughs> that's a machlekes apaiskim, and therefore lechatchila, you should not eat under that as well. When you're dealing with narrow decorations, this is not a problem. Also, let's say you have a wide decoration, but it's like one of those lace decorations that's very see-through. You can't really consider that a roof. It doesn't have any solid structure to it, for it to be considered a covering over your head, that also would not be a problem. There are some that say you should be machmir not to sit under decorations that are hanging low, even if they're less than four tvachim wide. And therefore, the best thing is when you're doing the decorations, hang them high unless they're very small and cannot be considered a covering over your head at all. Now, because the mitzvah is to dwell and live in the sukkah, truthfully, any situation that you'd sit down for in your house, whether you're sitting down to relax, sitting down to a meal, as opposed to just a little nosh or a snack, any, or even sitting down to schmooze, anything that you would sit down for 
in your house as a matter of kavias, showing that you're settling in, that should be done in the sukkah. However, a bracha classically is only made when we're actually sitting down to eat food. Now, if you're having a mezainas, a bracha does not have to be made if you're just grabbing that mezainas and leaving. However, if you're eating a sizable amount of mezainas, enough to be a meal, which would be a few ounces, then a bracha should be made. If you're eating less than a few ounces of mezainas, then you break a bracha only if you plan on sitting there for a while as well, either to schmooze, to read, or whatever it may be. Wine as well. Sitting down to wine. Wine also could be considered a kavias if you're set, sitting down for a revias. But again, a bracha of leishev is not made unless you're sitting down to wine and also going to stay there for some extended amount of time to schmooze or read or learn. On a hamaisi, we all know a leisha basukah is made, even if you make hamaisi on a small amount. Something to be very weary of is that in the middle of a meal, the Chavetz Chaim says, even gnashing a little bit in the middle of a meal is associated with the meal, and it's not considered a snack, and it must be eaten in the sukkah. So you got to be very careful with that when you're helping your wife and going into the house and going into the kitchen, not to gnash in the middle of the meal when you're indoors. One more thing to be very concerned about is sleeping has to be done in a sukkah. And even though there are some leniencies that are used, that at nighttime it's cold and you can't fall asleep in your mitzvah, or normally people sleep together with their spouses and there's no room, whatever the leniencies may be, they don't apply to a nap during the day. And therefore, so long as you could comfortably nap in the sukkah, assuming the weather permits it, and it's safe, you're not scared, all the other concerns, you don't have that leniency. And a nap is considered a kvias, and it must be done in a sukkah. Assuming the weather's okay, taking a nap in the sukkah may be a bitl mitzvah say to iraisa if you nap indoors instead.